0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big. But you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets. But other times, they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. Hey, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create & Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. Welcome back to the Work Party Podcast. This week, instead of being joined by a guest, I'm so excited to do something I haven't done in a while a solo show. Yes, just me and you. Today, I'll be taking it to you guys' audience and answering some of your most pressing questions about business, money, and more. In case you missed it, we launched the Work Party Hotline where you can leave me a voicemail with any questions you have about fundraising, hiring, firing, running a business. Anything you want and so much more. And all of these questions in today's episode have been submitted by our ambitious work party listeners. So thank you guys so much for that. If you're getting FOMO while listening to today's episode, don't worry, my line is open twenty-four-seven. You can give me a ring at 833-577-2789 that's actually eight three three five seven party You can also find our hotline number in our weekly Work Party newsletter, as well as a link in our bio on Instagram at Work Party. So be sure to subscribe, follow, review, like all the things. Now I'm so excited for today's episode, but before we dive into the Q&A sesh and tackle the topics of imposter syndrome, salary negotiation, burnout, and so much more, I want to talk to you about one of today's sponsors. Guys, I cannot believe fall is here. You all know I'm obsessed with interior design, so to say I'm excited to swap out my summer pieces for moody fall accents is an understatement. I absolutely love the home I've curated, but the process of experimenting with different layouts and new inspiration is a never-ending one for me. I found there's magic in changing the familiar and adding new pieces to spice things up a bit, especially now that I work from home. The timing for this seasonal swap is perfect because Joybird's semi-annual sale is here. With over 18,000 curated collections and modern home decor selects, Joybird has those special pieces you need to keep your one-of-a-kind space fresh from season to season. You'll find everything from planters to lighting fixtures to mirrors and funky wall art. Personally, I can't wait to incorporate a few textured poofs into my living room for upcoming game nights and cozy weekends in. And get this, if you're unsure about where to start or can't seem to nail down exactly what your space needs, Joyboard has dedicated design specialists on standby to make your vision a reality for free. Another thing I really love about Joybird is their commitment to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. Not only is each piece made with incredible care, but their materials are responsibly sourced and free of harmful chemicals. Working with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping to conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources. This is so important to me as I continue to bring new design elements into my home that are sustainably sourced. Quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty, Joybird Furniture can handle anything your family throws at it, literally. Another great thing about Joybird is they offer 90-day returns, so you have time to try everything out, and they stand by their values of quality and craftsmanship, so if it's not everything you hope for, you can send it back. Switch things up for fall, create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash work and get 30% off your purchase. That's 30% off at joybird.com slash work. Now let's jump into answering your burning questions. Sophie asks, I've been working really hard at the same company for almost two years now. I go above and beyond the expectations of my role. And I feel like I'm not being paid my fair share. What is the best way to bring up the conversation about salary raises and promotions within a small company? And what are some talking points, tips to be prepared for that conversation? Well, first things first, I would say the number one thing you need to figure out is what is your fair share? Is your fair share market rate? Do you feel like you're doing more than you should be doing or are you going above and beyond to show that you're bringing extra value to the company. Because I think the first thing that you have to think about is, is what you're making within market rate. If it's not within market rate, and there's a million different places you can kind of find information on that. Fairy God Boss is one, you know, and kind of asking around of your, your peers in your industry. There's a lot of sort of disclosure in terms of where you live, your position, your experience, and the range at which you should be being paid. If you're far out of that range, absolutely you should bring this up and what i would do if you find that out is go in ask for a conversation with your boss and say hi here's you know my current job description here's how i'm going above and beyond here's some kpis and results that i have you know contributed to the company over my time here and i did my research and within fair market rate i should be within i don't know 50 to 60000 dollars let's just say so i would love to be at XYZ amount and or put a bonus in place for to get me to this certain place. Come in with that data and there should be no question about getting a raise or being paid at that rate. I think that's an amazing way to do it. What you don't want to do is not do your research, realize that you're, what you're asking for is maybe above market rate and or talking to other people within the company who maybe have more experience, different titles, um, and feeling like you're doing just as much work as them. It's not about a comparison game of like, who's getting paid what, when, where, how. It's, are you getting paid within what's fair market rate? Are you getting paid for what you're doing. And if you think you deserve more, absolutely go in and have a conversation about it. Like no question. If you are going above and beyond and crushing it for this company and being an insane asset to this business, absolutely go in and ask for what you, what you feel like you deserve. But I would always map it back to KPIs for the business, going in and asking for like a $30,000 raise at a small company is, is daunting. I mean, that's a, that could be someone else's full-time position. I think it's more about asking for money in the context of success metrics, so if the company hits a certain revenue goal, if you get the social following up to six hundred thousand, whatever it might be, whatever those KPIs are for your job specifically, bonusing yourself out or creating those metrics and tying tying them to financial incentives should not be an issue with your employer. Obviously, this depends on the company and how it's doing and all those good things. But that would be my recommendation. One, do your research. Two, come to the table with understanding what fair market rate is and where you stand. Three, bring KPI-driven metrics alongside the financial ask and that's what I would say. I mean, I think it's also like, don't be afraid to have these conversations and also don't be discouraged if it's a no. I think oftentimes, you know, if you get a no on a, on a salary raise or a promotion or a whatever, ask for a three month review, put in place KPIs and say, I understand that right now you aren't willing to budge on this, but what I'd love to do is set another meeting, you know, in three months, show you my value even more And then talk about this. And if you come back after three months and are able to show that value, there should not be a question on their mind of whether or not to incentivize you with that raise. So I think that's the first thing I would say is like you have to back this up in some way, shape, or form. Okay. On to the next question from Betsy in Indiana. Betsy says, Hi Jacqueline, I really need some advice. What do you think is the best way to cultivate confidence and establish yourself as a respected female leader in a male-dominated industry? I've been named top performer at my company in our sales department three years in a row. And I still feel like the men I work with are favored and receive promotions more often than myself. What can I also be doing to support the other women in my office? So, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing that you're the top performer. I would say you have to advocate for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. The reality of the situation is, and I actually love this, this story so much. My friend, Bobby, who runs the hundreds told me that his male employees come in all the time asking for raises and promotions and more money. And the female employees don't, they wait the full year. They like, you know, put in the time. And then oftentimes he had to like push them into asking for more money. You have to advocate for yourself. And so the reality of the situation is you're doing the work. You're the top performer at the company in the sales department. Incredible. But if you feel like you're they're getting favored and receiving more promotions, again, come at it with the data. Hey, boss, I'm your top performer three years in a row. I noticed, you know, Joe over there got a promotion a few weeks ago. I just want to understand where my value lies within the company, both from a financial perspective and a respect perspective and have those upfront conversations, but don't come at them, you know, defensive or anything like that. Just have the blanket conversation. I know I'm valuable. You're the top performer. So I want to see that value reflected in, in both my title respect and finances. And I think that's more than reasonable to have that conversation and exuding that energy within the company to your boss to your colleagues is how you'll gain that respect doing the work and showing you know what you can do is part of it but then exuding that confidence outside of that is also key. And for the other women in the office, I mean, I think being, you're kind of doing it already, right? Like you're the top performer, you're killing it for them. You just have to keep elevating and up-leveling your rank within the, within the company. And if you're not getting it from that company and you're the top performer and people are getting promoted around you, then I think it's worth having conversations with other businesses and, you know, showing your value to them elsewhere by saying, Hey, look, I have this other offer and opportunity and I don't feel like I'm being valued here. I think that's totally fair. And now we have a question from Liesl. I think that's how you pronounce it, Liesl. Even though I'm successful at my current company, I've always had this other company at the top of my list. I would say that is my ultimate dream job. However, much like myself, a lot of like-minded individuals are competing for the role at the same company and the odds of me making the cut seem slim to none. How would you recommend reaching out to people at your dream company to introduce yourself and get your foot in the door without spamming them on LinkedIn? And what are appropriate ways to keep following up if they keep ghosting you? Great question. I would say when it comes to applying for jobs, it really depends on the size of the company. So, if a company is larger, there's typically like an HR protocol, an HR department, and someone who's kind of recruiting in that way. The number one way I would say to get your foot in the door is if you know someone who knows someone at the company. So, if like your cousin's friend or whatever, you're connected on LinkedIn even if it's a, you know, kind of a, a looser connection, don't be afraid. And I get, honestly, I get asked this all the time. Don't be afraid to have them reach out and say, Hey, look, this is my friend's cousin. She's interested in the operations role. Here's her resume, X, Y, Z. Here's a, here's a review from her previous employer, whatever it is, a quote from someone she's worked with. Um, just want to put it to the top of your inbox. That's typically the best way to get your foot in the doors through a friend of a friend. Cause that way there's this recommendation element. There's this familiarity element. The other way is, is obviously just applying through HR, um, having those conversations. I would say don't DM or message the CEO of the company. If it's a larger company, I would say like, I get a lot of DMs and messages about jobs. And and at this point in the size of our business, like I don't handle that day to day. So I'm not the right person to be reaching out to, but if you can find the person that you'd be potentially reporting into or an HR contact and sort of creating something that catches their attention. I remember this one time, This is when I was very involved in the hiring process. I was looking for an assistant, and this assistant candidate sent me a wine bottle of my favorite wine and her resume was the label. And I thought it was so clever because one, she obviously did her research and knew I liked wine. And two, it got my attention. It stood out from the pile that I was getting. So I think that you have to be creative and innovative. I know a lot of people are sort of creating these fun TikTok reels and showcasing their resume in that way, which I mean, depending on the job could make sense. You have to create that excitement around what you're doing to stand out from the pile of resumes that people are getting. But I would say friend of a friend, friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, best way to go from the get go to making yourself stand out in a unique and interesting way. And three, just following up. I mean, I would say, don't worry about feeling like you're stalking someone following up is okay. I would just say, make sure you're following up with the right people, not the wrong people. Another tip, and this is something that we get a lot at Create and Cultivate, is only apply for one job. We get a lot of people that apply for multiple jobs um, that have completely different skill sets, and it's always like weird to us because we're like, wait, so do you want to be in sales or do you want to be in marketing? Do you want to be in talent or do you want to be in, you know, HR? So. Make sure that when you're applying, you're applying for that one job. You're showcasing your skill set. You, this is why I'm perfect for this job. Otherwise, it can be really confusing for the people receiving the resumes on the other end. So hopefully that helps. OK, moving on to our next question from Ella. How do you deal with indecisiveness early on in your career? I bounce from job to job and nothing seems to light a fire in me. Am I ever going to find something I love doing or should I just come to terms with work strictly being work? So, uh, my colleague and I were joking that we were were saying there should be an onion article that says the headline should be, turns out jobs are work. Um, the reality is, is jobs are work. They're hard. (laughs) They're supposed to be hard. They're supposed to not be like the funnest thing in the world. That's why there's like vacation. That being said, I do think there should be an element of your job that excites you, right. Or that you look forward to, or that you excel at and it gives you confidence or makes you feel good in what you're doing. So I think the reality is I would not be looking for something to completely light a fire in you. I don't think that's realistic from a job perspective, but I think it's more about finding what you love. And it also depends on what you're looking for in your job, right? If you want this entrepreneurial path, something that you're like working full-time, your career really fulfills a big part of your life, then I would say, keep pushing and keep figuring out what makes sense for you. But if you want a passion project and a job that you can, you know, go to every day and pays your bills and things like that, I think it's about figuring out what works for you. And then there's also like a gig economy option too, where you can do multiple things. If you get bored easily, or you want to try different things and you can make money in different ways. But I think the reality of the situation is, is like with create and cultivate, I love my job. I absolutely love my job. I've loved my job five years ago. I love it now. It's changed over time but it's definitely work. It's definitely hard work. It's definitely stressful. It definitely isn't every day is like lighting a fire and and making me extremely passionate about what I'm doing. I think the reality is, is jobs, you know, at the end of the day and careers can be fulfilling in many ways, but they are challenging in so many ways as well. So I think don't stress if you're feeling like, why isn't every, my job making me feel incredible day in and day out? I think that's really, I think that's really normal. Okay. So straight from Manhattan Beach, Sammy submitted a question about imposter syndrome. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome at some point in your career? Sometimes I wake up and I can't believe I have a team relying on and trusting me to pave the way. I know I have years of experience to back up this claim, but why do I keep doubting my abilities and have this weird fear of being a fraud? Yes, of course. I definitely feel that way, especially when you have so many people's salaries riding on your success and sort of your decisions and what you're doing. I would say that that's a totally normal feeling, but what you have to do is keep coming back to uh your experience and expertise. You were there for a reason. They put you in this position of power for a reason, and people are looking to you to have that leadership level. But also don't feel bad about yourself if you feel that way. I think At the end of the day, the word fraud, I feel like is extremely off base. You're absolutely not a fraud to your point. You have the years of experience, but feeling like a little bit of doubt, I think is very normal. And it's a good way to challenge yourself to keep up leveling and educating yourself and making yourself a better manager, leader, CEO, whatever it might be but I think a lot of us feel this way. And I think it's also like we're surrounded by a lot of kind of crazy, you know, Instagram, TikTok success, million dollar headlines. Look at this person who's 12 and is a billionaire. I think it's very challenging and hard to feel like you can come into your power in your own way, especially when the world has changed so much in terms of what success is looking like and what leadership looks like. So don't be down on yourself. I think it's totally, totally normal. Okay. Sana asks, hi, Jacqueline. I'm reaching out because I'm struggling in the time management department. That being one of my weaknesses affects each and every aspect of the business I work for. As more opportunities arise, I'm struggling to prioritize my tasks and deliver quality work. Have you ever struggled with this? And if so, what did you do to overcome it? So I am like a psychotic time manager. I'm really like, not some brag, but I'm really good at it. I kind of had to be, especially when you're running your own business. But I think time management all comes down to knowing, and you're already doing this, right? Like, you know, this is a weakness, you know, you need to be better about it. So I think that's already a step in the right direction, but understanding really what works for you? When are you most productive? What do you get done quickly? What takes you longer to do? Why? How can you come up with a system that, you know, really prioritizes getting the work done that you need to get done? How do you know what's timely? What's priority versus not priority? How do you kind of create these systems to set yourself up for success? And it's different for everyone. I know for me, I'm a list maker. I love making lists. I love crossing things off my list. I love moving things to the top of my list. That's really important to me. But also if you have a manager who's like, Hey, can you get this done today? Can you get this done in 10 minutes? Being able to ask what to prioritize is a superpower. So just understanding, Hey, I think I can get this done today. Is this the priority? If not, what should I be prioritizing? Don't be afraid to have those questions and don't be afraid to say, this might take me three to four days, but if you say it's going to take you three to four days, make sure it takes you three to four days versus 30 days. So understanding what you're good at, how you can make it happen the tools and systems you need to get there is really important. Okay, next question is from Jamie in Denver. Jamie asks, "Hey Jacqueline, I find your work with Create and Cultivate and Work Party so inspiring. I'd love to know what podcast books and even masterclasses have had the biggest impact on your career and business. I'm eager to expand my entrepreneurial toolkit, but sometimes there are so many resources out there it's hard to choose." A uh, great question. Uh, The reality of the situation is, is there was no podcast books or even masterclasses for me to take when I was building my business. And so I created Create and Cultivate to solve for that problem um, because... Really, and to date myself 10 years ago when I was running my first business, this did not exist. There was no communities of women really that were millennials looking to support each other. There was really no books or podcasts out there for specifically millennial, female, younger owned businesses in the startup space. So I honestly have not really found, I've kind of just been like paving my own path and I really don't listen to a ton of business podcasts or read a lot of business books and I have not taken any master classes. I've kind of been figuring it out on my own for a very long time. Not to say that's the right way to do it because I think it's incredible that there's so many resources out there now that I wish I had. But I'm so excited for this next generation of women because I do feel like they have access to things that We didn't. And the reality is, is I think it's incredible to upskill and uplevel yourself. Like I joked that, you know, I learned how to do QuickBooks for my first business through YouTube. So YouTube university is very real and you can figure out a lot by just reading, taking classes and not necessarily even having to get like your master's degree. So what I would say is Crane Cultivate is an incredible resource. The events, the podcasts, the membership, um, all these things are great. Information to take in because I do think we do a good job of actually giving you the real talk advice versus the sort of glossy, not sure what you're really taking away from it kind of advice that sometimes is out there. And I would say, you know, a great kind of thing to look to is other entrepreneurs um, whose careers you admire and the path they've taken and really just following along on their journeys and kind of being able to see you know, what they've done, the mistakes that they've made, what they've learned from it and how they're sort of growing in that way. I will also say there is a lot of information out there, but there's also a little bit of a credibility crisis happening where you need to really look at who's teaching these classes, who's hosting these podcasts and who's writing these, these blog posts, let's just say, or these books. Do they have actual experience? Have they actually built profitable and successful businesses? Have they been able to show or struggled with things and then overcome them? Not to say they need to be perfect, but I think oftentimes, and, and one of the things that you know we talk about in our peer group is the credibility crisis of the information that we're getting on the internet. We're inundated with content on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and there's so much great information out there, but definitely check the sources out of who is giving this information. Have they actually run and built businesses? Have they actually done the work? And is the expertise they're providing valid? Um, so I definitely think do your research before you take any of these classes or listen to these podcasts and make sure the people you're listening to have been there, done that. Even if they failed at it, it doesn't mean they have to be successful, but if they can provide those insights, I think that's really important. But make sure to do your research on who you're listening to and what they have to say. All right. Mariana from New York has a question about fundraising. Hi, Jacqueline. So I had this light bulb moment the other day, and I really feel like it's time for me to follow my passion and launch a business. I've been ideating on for a while now, and there's no one I can turn to in my friends or family that can invest in my business. And I'm really wondering the best way to fund my passion when I'm first starting out. What are some initial key steps you would take in the very beginning stages of launching a business? Hey, Mariana. So I would say I need a little bit more information on what you're sort of thinking and what your business is to really help you understand the best options for your business. That being said, blanketed in terms of funding, there's obviously crowdfunding, you know, Kickstarter type uh, funding available. There's friends and family and kind of raising money that way. There's traditional venture capitalist routes. There's angel investment. There's bank loans, small business loans. There's a ton of different ways to go. I think it really depends on the type of business you're building, the amount of cash you need, and your business plan, frankly, and your runway of what you are looking to build, how you're looking to scale and grow it. It's not easy. You can't just kind of go out and say, I have an idea. I need funding. You have to really think through what type of money you need, why you need the money, where the money's going and what the value on that money will be longer term. So I would say... If you want to send in a little bit more information about your business, I'm happy to answer that question. Just give me a little bit more context or definitely check out um, some of our panel conversations through our insider membership around fundraising. We've had incredible VCs speak about this and sort of what to look for in the very early stages, how to capitalize your business smartly and not give up too much equity. Now, before we get into our next question, we're pausing for a moment to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, Array. Does anyone else get overwhelmed by choosing the right supplement? With so many options on the market, it's hard to know if you're picking the right one for you. And let's be real, diving into the science behind an extensive ingredient list is just not something we have time for. Well, Array gets that too. Formulated by naturopathic doctors, Array supplements were created to help women feel and be their best. Through targeted products that are 100% natural, filler-free, and simple to understand, and they actually work. Their product lineup was designed to supercharge your digestion and relax your mind. Their uncomplicated approach to wellness is easy to implement in your everyday routine and truly puts your mind at ease. Take their Bloat capsules, for example. Designed to give food freedom, this supplement optimizes digestion using five herbs and one fruit-based enzyme. It can be taken anytime before or after a meal and you'll feel the results within an hour from plant-based meals to heavier meals, such as pasta and pizza. They've got you covered. Take it from me. Bloating is an annoyance. My girlfriends and I have been talking about for years and obviously everybody's body works a little differently, but it's great to finally have a solution that actually produces results. Leading a team, traveling for work events and maintaining a healthy lifestyle is a lot to balance at times. I love taking a raised blow capsule because it allows me to show up as my best self, eat delicious meals I want without all the bloating. And if you still need convincing, Array's packaging is very chic. Their bottles look great on any beauty counter or in any travel bag. So next time you're out shopping, skip the supplement aisle and go to Array.com, enter code WORKPARTY at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month subscription. That's A-R-R-A-E.com, Array.com. Now back to the episode. Okay, this is from... Eva in Hawaii. Hi, Jacqueline. I know this seems to be a question everyone asks in interviews, but I would love to know what advice you would give your younger self when you were first starting out. Do things get any easier? I would say no, things do not get easier, but you get better. The reality is, is as you grow and and kind of build in your career, you learn a lot of valuable lessons, lots of times the hard way, uh, but you're able to come out of it and understand You know how to address and deal with difficult situations, deal with conflict resolution, be able to be a solutions-oriented leader and person in life. Um, and I would say that's the reality: is that it doesn't necessarily get any easier, but you get better. Okay, Courtney asked Jacqueline, "When did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? What was starting a business something you always wanted to do from young age? What inspired you to become an entrepreneur? And what do you think are the three qualities you need to be a leader?" So no, I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and I was on a very corporate track right out of college, working at larger companies. And I never thought I would want to run my own business. What happened was, and I feel like this can be very relatable to what's kind of happening today and last year and things of that nature, but the 2009 recession hit um, and I was laid off from my job. So I was really devastated both personally and professionally in that experience and was having a hard time finding a job because I was in Los Angeles and the primary industries were entertainment and gaming at the time. And I wasn't really, you know, well-versed in that. I didn't have a lot of experience in that. And so I decided to freelance or consult and that turned into my first business sort of accidentally. So I kind of accidentally became an entrepreneur, which I find is a lot of people's stories, but I would say now that I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, The qualities you need to have, number one, is resilience. Um, It is very challenging and it's very difficult and you need to kind of be able to harness that resilience at any given time. Two is you need to be a quick decision maker. Um, I would say you have to be able to make very difficult decisions at the blink of an eye and be able to move and change and pivot and grow quickly Versus being able to think of, you know, have these longer thought out processes. I think just in the economy and the world we live in, you have to move quickly. Um, and three, I would say, is empathy or the human factor. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, understanding that behind every email or behind every contentious exchange is just another person doing their job, um, and really approaching it in that way has been a good a good lesson for me and how to approach business. I always say your reputation is your resume, and the reality is, if you're a pleasure to work with, people will want to keep working with you. So, coming at things too aggressively, I think can be a negative to your team, to your business, to your clients, to your audience. So I think being able to have that human factor is really important as well. Okay. Philippa asks, as far as finances go, what is the biggest lesson you've learned to help you budget your money and scale your business without going broke? No one ever warned me how hard this would be. I think the biggest lesson I've learned as a self-funded business is understanding what your monthly run rate is or your OPEX, of expenses. How much are you making and bringing into the business and how much is going out into the business and understanding very clearly what your margins are on the business that you're running and what your runway will look like from a financial perspective. So it's okay if you have like a down month, if you have an up month, if everything is kind of balancing out in that way, the reality is, is understanding your budget and understanding cash flow is extremely important. So you could win a client that's $100,000, but if they're paying on a net 90, you're not seeing that money until 90 days, but you might have to invest upfront and in bringing in talent or consultants or whatever to execute on that contract. It could be a little tricky early 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 days of my first business there was times when i had to personally put money into the company and then pay myself back just to be able to pay people so it's very normal now there's a lot of you know interesting ways for cash flow to be a little bit easier i know a lot of companies offer immediate payment even though they take a percentage of you know whatever that amount might be like 3% for giving you the cash quicker but that might be the right move for your business in order to grow faster. There's also small business loans and being able to kind of, you know, be smart about that money and bringing it in and then paying it back. Um, but cash flow is extremely important. Run rate is extremely important. Understanding your margins is extremely important. Those three things combined, I would say, are your biggest and most valuable things to understand through and through that being said if the, if you're like what are you talking about i have zero desire to know any of this stuff bringing in someone who understands the financials and can put together projections even a 6 to 1 year plan for you and for your business could be really valuable to help you understand what you need to get done. I would say once you hit a certain threshold of your business, bringing in someone on the financial side is key. Uh, and I'm not necessarily even talking about an accountant, but someone who actually understands the fun- fundamentals of running a business in the business plan while you're you know, doing maybe the creative or the marketing or the brand building of it all. Having someone who can understand that back end is important. But I would say those are some of the biggest financial lessons I have learned. Hey guys, time for a quick ad break. Our sponsors help keep the work party going, so we really appreciate your support. Olive and June is well known for their salon quality at home mani Petties and has become my go to nail care brand. Olive and June's mission is to provide the perfect manicure and pedicure to everyone, no matter who you are, where you live, what you do, or what you wear. They truly want to make that beautiful, best version of yourself feeling happen for everyone. All things we can get behind here at Work Party. They know that a fresh coat of paint can turn someone's day around and boost self-confidence, even if just for a moment. Aside from having values that align with my own, all of Injun's products stand apart from the rest. They're not just offering a few shades of polish, but an entire Manny system that allows you to get those salon perfect nails in the comfort of your own home. No guessing, no messy nails, no salon price tag. I want to unpack this a bit more because you guys, when quarantine first set in, I think we can all agree that we went into full panic mode about the nail and hair upkeep amongst more pressing issues. With extended time at home and lack of activities to partake in, you could say that painting my nails became a fun little self-care hobby of mine. Having a self-care routine is really important because it gives you that special moment to look forward to and give back to yourself, whatever that might look like for you. Doing My Own Manicure and Pedicure has become weirdly meditative, therapeutic experience in its own way because when you are laser sharp focused on these precise brush strokes, it's pretty hard to worry about your never ending to do list. The brushes also come equipped with the poppy, their patented brush handle, which makes it really easy to paint even with your other hand. This is a game changer because before all have my at-home manis look like they were painted by a five-year-old. No judgment, but this is truly life-changing and I know I've already mentioned this but think of the savings no salon visit means more money in your pocket I think the best deal in the olive and June Manny system that comes with six polishes it breaks it down into two dollars per Manny. that's insane I'm pretty sure I've spent upwards of 30 bucks on a manicure in the past so this is a steal I can't rant and rave enough about olive and June because not only is it affordable but the polish is high quality and long-lasting My mom and sister both thought I got gel because the polish itself is so shiny and lasted for over a week. No chipping at all. I followed this nail influencer on Instagram called Overglow Edit, and she's created the most beautiful nail art with all of the juice polishes. Definitely getting a lot of inspiration from her and continue to keep trying new polishes. My favorite at the moment is their new trio in collaboration with Gold that includes Creamy Matcha Latte Green, Inspiring Sky Blue, and Juicy Papaya Orange. But enough about my favorites. I really want you guys to have the chance to get beautiful Salon Perfect Nails at home with Alvin June. So they gave me a discount code to share with our amazing listeners. Visit oliveandjune.com slash work party and use code workparty for 20% off your first Manny system. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's oliveandjune, O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash work party, code work party for 20% off your first Manny system. Oliveandjune.com slash work party, code work party. Have you ever wanted to learn how to box or kickbox from a real fighter? With all this lounging around the house and work from home, it's become increasingly important to make sure we stay active and incorporate exercise into our daily routines. Fight Camp brings the boxing and kickboxing gym right to your home. With full body workouts that you actually look forward to and freestanding punching bags that can take your hardest hits, I'm an early riser, so I love doing this first thing in the morning. And it also feels good to release endorphins and clear my mind before diving deep into work. Bike camp is made for anyone from beginners all the way up to experienced boxers who want to box from home. With several different paths to follow, they teach you the skills along with paired workouts to reinforce your new learnings. There's also new content being released weekly that covers a wide range of workouts from easy to advanced. It also comes with all the gear you need to box from home. They have a freestanding punching bag, boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch taking sensors challenge you to hit a minimum amount of punches each round so you can progress in your kickboxing journey. Want to get even more granular? Fight Camp uses new tech that tracks each punch you throw to measure speed, volume, and output, so you can follow your results and push yourself to compete on the community leaderboard. I don't know about you guys, but group fitness and competing with others has always been a big motivator for me. I love the way boxing not only sculpts your arms but also your core, and it's a great workout I highly recommend. You can pay for your Fight Camp over 24 months for less than the cost of a boxing gym and get it right away. Plus, Fight Camp offers free shipping with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash work. To get free shipping on Fight Camp, go to joinfightcamp.com slash work join fight slash work for free shipping. Thanks again for sending in your questions and keep them coming. We'll be adding a Q&A portion to future episodes. So give me a ring by calling the Work Party Hotline at 833-577-2789 or 833-57-PARTY. And leave a voicemail with your question. You can also find the Work Party Hotline number in our weekly Work Party newsletters as well. So if you haven't signed up, sign up. Also in the link and bio on our Instagram at Work Party. So be sure to subscribe, like, follow, and review. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you later.